I want to welcome all of our campuses to the fifth message in our series entitled Spiritual Eyes. Today, I want to talk to you about a topic, a topic that maybe uh, is an interesting topic for those of you that have never heard what the Bible teaches about angels. Now, let me just say this right off the bat. I know there's a lot of opinions of what people think the Bible teaches, but the Bible has some specific words about this concept of angels. We are in a six-week series on spiritual warfare. We are in a battle as Christians. I know that's a foreign concept to some. A lot of people think, man, serving Christ is, well, I've given my heart to Christ. I, I, I walk with Jesus. My name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life, and now I come to Church of the King, and Pastor Steve is telling me that we are in a battle. Well, I'm not just telling you that. The Apostle Paul told us that. The Scripture tells us that we are actually in a battle. The truth is, some of the challenges, some of the conflicts, some of the battles that you're in right now, they're not just natural battles. The truth is, some of them originate in the spiritual realm. Paul says it this way, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. In other words, sir, there are supernatural beings that are hindering your life. Now, the cool thing is, today I want to talk to you about supernatural beings that are sent by God to help your life. I want to talk to you today about angels. What does the Bible say about angels? The spiritual world is big news today. You can look on TV. You can watch online. There's lots of conversation. Matter of fact, there's been many recent books on the subject of supernatural things, the spiritual world. Some have been sensational and not biblical. Some have been purely speculative, uh, and they've dreamed up of something from someone's imagination, but they've not looked at the Bible. What does the Bible talk about angels? Are angels a biblical concept? What are angels? What do they do? Where did they come from? The Bible is filled with teaching on, watch this, angels and the angelic realm. For years, <clears throat> after I came to Christ, I actually wondered about this thing. I wondered about, you know, what are angels? I grew up hearing about them. We all grew up hearing about angels, and it was a book that I read. I want to encourage you, Billy Graham. We all love Billy Graham. He wrote a book, a very classic, a famous book on the topic of angels. It was one of the first books that I ever read on this topic. As I went into that book, I began to see what the scriptures teach about angels. Fascinating. Many people have their belief about angels from movies. There have been a lot of movies about angels the past 70 years. Think about the movie It's a Wonderful Life. How many of y'all ever see, watch It's a Wonderful Life during the holidays? Lots and lots of people do. Many of you have seen that. It's one of my favorite, I'll be honest, all-time Christmas movies. It, it shows like 40 bazillion times during the holidays, by the way. The truth is that movie says this. There's an angel. The name of the angel in It's a Wonderful Life is, everybody say it, the count of three. What's the angel's name? One, two, three. His name is Clarence. And every time a bell rings, what happens? An angel gets its wings. So a lot of people get their beliefs about angels from movies, TV shows, different concepts rather than the Bible. There's no bell that rings and people get wings 
and they become angels. Some people even may have received a card or seen a fat little chubby baby as an angel and thought, well, you know what? Kind of just flying around on a cloud and having a harp. So some people think that angels are naked, fat little babies that fly around heaven and play a harp. I want everybody to hear me, every one of our locations, angels are not fat little babies that fly around heaven and play harps. That is called fat little babies that play harps in somebody's imagination. That's not in the Bible. And yet we have these thoughts, whether it's movies, whether it's TV, whether it's sitcoms, whether it's touched by this angel, or it, that's not in the Bible. But there is a lot of teaching about angels in the Bible. Let me deal with another one. Some people believe that, and by the way, this is a very, very common belief about angels. I want everybody to lean in and listen to this next thing I'm about to say. Very important. Some people believe that if one of your relatives dies, <clears throat> they automatically go to heaven and they become an angel. They're your guardian angel. They believe this. So in other words, some people believe this. If your grandmother passes away, some believe that grandma goes to heaven, becomes an angel, and then is your personal guardian angel. I want to say this very, very respectfully. If your grandmother was a Christian and she died, she goes to heaven. But human beings do not become angels in heaven. And your grandma is not protecting you from heaven. Now, the Bible says, according to Hebrews chapter 12, your grandma is sitting in the grandstands of heaven called the great cloud of witnesses. So she's cheering you on with all the other saints, the great men and women of God that have gone on to glory. So don't misunderstand me. She's in heaven if she's a follower of Christ, but she's not an angel protecting you on the earth. We have angels that are protecting us, but it's not your grandmother. She's in heaven worshiping Christ. What we need to understand is, according to Scripture, angels are God's servants. They're supernatural beings created by God for God's glory. Just like human beings were created by God for God's glory, angels are distinct. They're not human beings, but they were created by God, watch this, for God's glory, but let me go a step further, for a purpose. And I'm going to talk about that today. Angels have been created by God for a purpose, and that purpose is they are messengers. I want everybody to hear me. They are messengers, or they are spiritual beings, watch this, sent by God to the earth to accomplish a purpose. I want to talk about what that is today. What's hard for my finite mind to grasp, there's times, and I'll say this for all of us, there are times when I believe that we've actually even entertained angels and we've not realized it. The Bible talks about that. There are times where angels actually do take on human form. They're angels. They, talk, they take on a form of that. I admit it's a little far out from my mind, but it is in the Bible. When you look at Scripture, there's actually several examples. In fact, we have two instances back-to-back, -back, Genesis 18 and Genesis 19. In Genesis 18, Abraham was hanging out by a tree one day. Three guys show up. You guys may remember this. And they were spiritual beings from heaven, yet he thought they were regular guys. And he said, hey, Sarah, 
We've got some company here. Make some famous bread. Let's feed these guys. He didn't realize that they were actually angels sent by God. The fact of the matter is, the next chapter, something very similar happened. Abraham's nephew Lot was in the city of Sodom. And he met two people and said, hey, what's going on? And he thought they were just people. He didn't realize he was actually, watch this, entertaining angels. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 13, do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some people have, watched this, entertained angels without even knowing it. Angels, watch this, everyone, every location, they're created by God, they're created for God, and they're created for a purpose to be messengers of God on the earth. Now, they have a function in heaven, they worship God, but they're messengers from God. It's interesting when I begin to think about this. I remember in that first book, Billy Graham, again, I want to encourage you, uh, lots of scriptures in that book. It's a great book, very uh, biblical, and a uh, lot of illustrations, examples. And, and I, I remember reading that book, and it fascinated me. I, I began to realize that, that there is, listen, there's not only a spiritual war around us of bad demon spirits, but there's also good, watch this, angelic beings. Let me give you three things. Number one, what are three characteristics of angels? This is important. I'm going to build this. For those of you that maybe are guests or new at Church of the King, I like to teach line by line, precept upon precept. I want to give you principles to put in a basket that you can take home and eat on that bread throughout the week. So write things down. If you can put it on your phone, just don't watch anything besides this message. All right, here we go. Number one, let's talk about angels. Who are angels? Angels are worshipers, the Bible says. Wherever you find God or Jesus, you typically find angels worshiping them. In fact, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 6 says, but when, he, when, but when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels, watch this, of God, say it with me at the count of three. What's that next word? One, two, three. Worship him. Worship him. What do angels do? Well, they worship God. They worship Jesus. In fact, Revelation chapter 5. You know, I've had people tell me this before. Man, I tell you, <clears throat> and, and I understand that people like different worship styles. Let me just say this. And I know that in our church, in all of our locations, wherever you are, Baton Rouge, Biloxi, in Atlanta, Bay St. Louis, South Shore, North Shore, I know that people come from different perspectives, different backgrounds, and all people are welcome to hear the word of God. What's interesting is sometimes people, they like more of a refined, a little bit more of a quiet type of worship setting. And I would say that's great, but I do want you to understand something. When you get to heaven, it's loud. How do I know that? Revelation chapter 5. And watch angels, man. They are right smack dab in the middle of this. Angels chapter 5, verse 11. Remember, number one, angels are worshipers. Watch this. Then I look, John the Revelator, I'm teaching this fall on the book of Revelation. We'll be discussing this passage this fall. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many, what? Everybody say it. Angels around the throne and living creatures and elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. And thousands and thousands sang with a loud voice. Worthy is a lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings. Number one, what are angels? They're worshipers. 
Angels are created by God for God to worship God, and they've been sent to the earth as messengers of God. Number two, the second thing that I see about angels is angels are warriors. We, we are in a battle. There's a real spiritual battle that's going on. And I think that we've got to wake up. We, we've got to understand, let me tell you, the devil, the Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's got a whole army called demon spirits, principalities and powers. I've talked about that. The book of Ephesians chapter six. But the cool thing is on the other side are the angelic hosts, the angelic forces. And I'm going to tell you something. They do battle on behalf of God's people on the earth. They are fierce warriors battling on behalf of God and for God's people. And that's why an angel's not just some little fat naked baby. The Bible's characterization of angels are they are warring angels. In fact, in Daniel chapters 10, we see the prophet Daniel praying and an angel comes 21 days later and shows up and said, I've been trying to get here, but I've been battling against the prince of Persia. Well, who's the prince of Persia? Another name for our enemy, Satan, and his demonic hordes. I've been, I've been, I've been, Battling against this principality. I've been, I've been battling. This is an angelic being battling. Finally, Michael, the archangel, comes after he handled that dark prince and he brings Daniel a message. So angels are worshipers, but don't misunderstand me. They're also warriors. First Chronicles chapter 21 shows another instance where David looks up and he sees suspended between heaven and earth, a mighty angel with a sword, watches, drawn over Jerusalem. And God said he would have compassion on the people. In verse 27, the scripture says, so the Lord commanded the angel and he returned his sword to his sheep. So let me just tell you something. An angel with a sword drawn over a city is a lot different than a fat Hallmark Gerber baby with a harp. Is that fair to say? Angels are worshipers, but they're also warriors. Here's the cool thing. They're warring on our behalf. That's the greatest thing about this. All right, third thing about angels. Angels are not only worshipers. They're not only warriors fighting on behalf of God's people, but angels are messengers. Over and over again in the scripture, when you see an angel show up, they come with a message from God for God's people. There is a great example of this in the Old Testament book of Judges. When Gideon is afraid, he's scared to death of all the enemies, the Midianites. We're talking about the people of Midian, which is a neighboring nation of Israel. He's so afraid, the Bible says he actually, he's hiding, all right? Judges chapter 6, verse 12 says, and the, here it is. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. What just happened? An angel shows up and, and he encourages Gideon with a message from God. Angels are worshipers. Angels are warriors. But angels are also messengers. What just happened? An angel of God shows up and gives him a message to encourage him. It's all through the Bible. Genesis, all the way through the book of Revelation, we see angels showing up and having messages for God's people. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, shows us one of the most famous angelic messages. An angel showed up to a teenage virgin girl named Mary with this message. 
Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So the angel of the Lord appears with the greatest news ever that that Mary was going to have a baby named Jesus, the Savior of the world. So angels are worshipers, angels are warriors, and angels, watch this, are messengers. I want to say this once, and I'm going to say it again. If anybody ever says, let me hold my Bible right here. If anybody ever says that some spiritual being showed up and gave them a message that contradicted the revealed word of God, it wasn't a message from God. Don't ever forget that. God never contradicts himself. The plumb line for us to hear God, I want every, every location to hear me. The plumb line for us to hear God and what we judge everything, every spiritual experience ever. I think God spoke to me. I had a dream. I had a vision. I had the spiritual experience. We always measure that against the revealed word of God. Because God never contradicts himself. All right, number one, angels are worshipers. Number two, angels are warriors. And number three, angels are messengers from God. Now, let me give you three practical things that they do. And I'm going to show you how some of this starts getting incorporated into our life, all right? What do angels do? This is important. And this is where I believe that all of us, we start. I want to, here's what I want to do. I want to make you aware, because I think sometimes we're actually bumping up against the angelic realm, and I don't think that we recognize that. All right, let me give you number one. Number one, angels confirm God's direction. I'm going to start to get real practical here. Maybe you're one of those people who are directionally challenged. I say that respectfully. Maybe you get lost even going to the bathroom. Uh, maybe you get just lost going anywhere. It's like, my, thank God for Google Maps. Thank God for this. Thank God for that. You know, I've got that lady. She talks to me. She tells me, turn right here. She gets mad at me if I don't turn. Okay, get back. You should have taken her. Okay. So, so some people, I get it. Some people, it's like they're a little directionally challenged and, 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 and they're not quite sure. They're not quite sure about that. I wonder, I wonder if they've ever recognized something. Stay with me. For example, we just look at a story of a little teenage girl, Mary, who found out that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Well, by the way, she had a fiance, someone she was betrothed to that's engaged in the Bible culture, in essence. What was his name? His name was Joseph. Of course, can you imagine Joseph's response when he found out that his to-be wife, who he was betrothed to, engaged to, that was, she was pregnant, watch this, by God, she said, oh yeah, what am I going to say to somebody? He's like, well, who am I going to say? Well, God, the Holy Spirit, I'm pregnant by God. Yeah, do you really believe that, Joseph? I, 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 I want to believe that, Mary, but I'm not sure I believe that. No, no, please believe that, Joseph. Can you imagine him telling his friends that his girlfriend is pregnant by God? And there came a moment where he literally was getting ready to break off the relationship. You remember that? And all of a sudden, the Bible says that in a dream, a messenger from God, an angel from God, came and gave him a message in a dream. This is big. Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, watch this, appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her. Here it is really is of the Holy Spirit. Wow. An angel of God appeared and confirmed Mary's report. There may be times, 
all of us, every location, everyone listening to this message right now, those that are online right now, there may be times in your life where you were bent on doing something and you just set your mind on it and yet it, you, you, you kept hitting roadblock. Watch this, roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Have you ever been there before? Maybe it was a job that you wanted. Maybe you wanted, a, you wanted this so bad and it was like, it, it, it's like the door closed, the door closed over and over and over and boy, you really want it. My question is, I'm wondering, I want everybody to hear me. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if God sent an angel to close the door. I think sometimes we don't realize the angelic world, how it's involved, protecting us, helping us. Yeah. So, who are angels? They're worshipers, they're warriors, they're messengers from God. What do they do? Number one, angels can confirm God's direction. Have you ever prayed for something and it was crazy? Guys, listen, it's just like, I prayed for this. Pastor, I've been praying for this. I've been praying for this. I've been praying for this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, watch this. All of a sudden, circumstances, boom, just opened up. Question, how did that happen? I'm asking everybody, how did that happen? Well, I'm gonna tell you how that happened. I believe that when God does things in circumstantial realm, I believe that God utilizes his spiritual beings called Angels. I believe there possibly could be an angel that opens that door and closes that door, that clears out that circumstance or creates that circumstance. Yeah. I believe that angels are involved in a lot more than we realize. Yeah. Let me give you the second thing that angels do angels protect us from danger. Occasionally, people will ask me, Pastor Steve, do I have a guardian angel? Does anyone have a guardian angel? Well, truthfully, according to the scripture, the scripture never says that everyone has a guardian angel. But the Bible is clear that we all have angels that guard us. The Bible does not say that we have one specific designated angel guardian angel, but the Bible is very clear that we are guarded by angels. I want everybody to hear that. So I don't believe there's, the Bible doesn't teach it. The Bible doesn't teach that we have one angel that's been assigned to us, but he does say there's a whole bunch of angels watching over us. Psalms 91 verse 11, for he shall give his angels charge over you. By the way, this is the scripture the devil quoted to try to get Jesus to jump off the pinnacle of the, 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 the temple mount. Didn't God say in his word? And then Jesus, of course, finishes it up. Didn't God say, well, in Psalms 91, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. I'm telling you, there's more angelic forces involved in circumstances than we realize. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, in their hands. The fact is, is that I know what some of the things that I was involved with as a teenager and in college. The fact that I'm alive, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how many angels were involved in that process. 
He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands. They shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Angels will often protect us from danger. There's another great example of angels protecting people. When Peter was locked in prison, you guys remember that? As much as he wanted to be out and free preaching the gospel, he was chained up at any moment. Herod could have, been, Herod could have killed him. The church started praying. By the way, I am going to show you, though, in the Bible, there's a link. There's a link here. The church started praying. And look at Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him. Who? By Peter. And a light shone in prison and struck Peter on the side and raised him up. Arise quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. Imagine in the middle of his sleep, guys, an angel shows up and touches Peter. And this bright line comes and light comes and chains fall off. Verse 8, then the angel said, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said, put on your garment, follow me. Verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the Jewish people. You never know. There may come a time in your life where you know that you know that you know that you should have been dead. But there was a supernatural stopping of the outcome of that. Yeah. Or you were praying and you were praying and you were praying and the door was closed and it was closed and the circumstances were all. And then all of a sudden, it's like the Red Sea parted. Who do you think is closing that door? Who do you think is opening that door? Number one, angels are worshipers. Number two, they're warriors. Number three, they're messengers. What do angels do? They're sent, watch this, to confirm God's direction. Again, I want to say this again for every campus. If you ever have any spiritual experience, I'm going to hold my Bible when I say this. I want everybody to hear me, every location. If you ever have any spiritual experience, if you ever have a dream, if you ever have a vision, if you ever have, well, I think God told me, if there's any voice that ever comes to you that tells you to do something that contradicts the revealed word of God, it's not God. God doesn't contradict himself. And yet, and yet the Holy Spirit, listen, or yet, Excuse me, the angelic forces, they do God's bidding in the earth. Yeah, very powerful here. <sighs> Psalms 34, 7, one of my favorite scriptures. You guys have heard me many, many times quote this. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Thank God for God's angelic forces. Thank God that we've not been left alone. Thank God that we have the blood of Christ, the name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God, the spoken word of God. And thank God, my friends, that we have God's angelic host, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Isn't that amazing? The angels of God set up camp right next to you. Wow. Number three. As I close, the third and final thing, by the way, we could go on and on and on teaching you what the Bible teaches about God's spiritual beings, his messengers. Number three, angels minister to you. They minister God's love, God's healing, 
and God's power. In fact, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14 says, Are not all angels, all angels, ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? They're ministering spirits. In fact, after 40-day fast, Jesus was physically exhausted, and the enemy shows up and tempts Jesus three times. Jesus faithfully fought, fought off the enemy by speaking the word of God. And there was Jesus, physically exhausted, emotionally, totally exhausted, recovering from this intense spiritual battle. Hello, guess who shows up? The Bible's clear. Matthew chapter 4, 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The word minister is the word decaneo. Isn't that sound familiar? It's like when you have in church deacons. What do deacons do? Well, good deacons, they're, they're to, to serve and they're to minister. We, we would call that our, our dream team and our, our coaches on the dream team that are, that are, that are ministering to people, right? That are, that are, that, that's just a word. They're servants. That's a word for servant. To wait upon, to be an attendant, to minister as unto a friend. The angels ministered unto Jesus. We see another picture of that. First Kings chapter 18. You guys remember that? First Kings 18. Here it is, Elijah. Not Elisha, but Elijah. He had this big conflict with the prophets of Baal. And he had wicked King Jezebel. And, and he has this conflict. And he runs for his life. He goes to this cave. He cries out to die. And the Bible says in First Kings chapter 18. The Bible says in that moment, he's physically exhausted. Watch this. He's physically exhausted. He's emotionally exhausted. And who shows up? Hello, the Bible's clear. The angels of the Lord show up to minister to him. I wonder how many times in our lives when we've been exhausted, we've been tired, we've been pushing and, man, trying to do life right, and raising kids and working jobs and paying bills and all those things. And, and there's, a, there's a refreshing sense. There's a spiritual sense of God's refreshing and it's like things begin to change. The atmosphere changes. I wonder if we're aware of it or not. Could it be that God has sent his angelic forces to minister to you because he loves you and cares about you? Yeah. Let me close with this. Today, we've learned, and by the way, we'll be finishing up this series next week. Then I'll be starting the book of Habakkuk, answering some deep questions on why God and why do things happen in life and how we can move forward in spite of those things, the things that we look around us, we see different things in culture. How, how, do, we, how do we respond appropriately to pain and distress? And I'm really excited about that. Next week, we're going to finish up this series. But today, as we're finishing on this, and this is, I trust, been a good series for all of you learning about spiritual warfare, uh, learning about who our enemy is, how to defeat the enemy. We've learned today that spiritual, there are spiritual beings called angels and they continually are fighting on your behalf. You have to understand that. Can you imagine a God who loves you so deeply that it would send warriors to fight on your behalf? Angels are worshipers, but they're warriors to fight on your behalf. Let me give you one practical way, one practical thing. And this is important. Every message, and I want everyone to hear me, particularly those that are guests, my strategy every time I teach is, I talk about, here's what I want you to know, and then here's what I want you to do. So here's the one big takeaway. So Pastor Steve, okay, you said all of this. How do I practically, what can I do 
to practically interface or activate or at any way honor what's happening in the angelic realm and cooperate? Is there anything that I can do? I'm going to give you one thing. One thing. Let me give you this last scripture. Here it is. I trust this will help you. Psalm chapter 103, verse 20. Here's what the Bible says. Bless the Lord, you his angels. Remember, they worship God. Who excel in strength. Here it is. Who do his word, heeding the voice of God's word. Here's what I want you to do today. Speak God's word over your life. Speak God's word over your family. Speak God's word over your kids, your relationships, your business, your ministry. Speak it. Why? Because the angelic forces heed God's word. They're activated when they hear God's word. Angels submit to the word of God. We can activate the angelic realm. As we declare what God has said about, can you imagine all of the angels of heaven? I mean, it's almost like they're peering over the edge if there's an edge that way. And you start declaring, the angel of the Lord protects me. The angel of the Lord encamps around me, delivers me. All of a sudden, ooh, he, he's, he's, oh yeah, yeah, she's, oh man, she's starting to declare God's word. I mean, it's almost like, rum, 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 rum. I mean, it's like they get their engines ready to go. Why? they hear a child of God declaring God's word. Uh, they, they, they hear some child of God taking Mark chapter 11. He soever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes. Oh, are y'all with me? Those angelic forces, they're, they're hearing the word. Wait a minute, time out. Somebody is speaking the word down there. Somebody is declaring the word of God down there. Whoa, whoa, hey, guess what, guys? Hey, 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 guys, guess what? Let's, hey, 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 let's get after it. There's a circumstance in, in that child of God. God, can we go? Can we do it? Yeah. Well, they're declaring the word. They're, they're, they're declaring the word. God, can we do it? Yeah, I declare in the name of Jesus. They're, 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 they're addressing that opposition in the name of Christ. It's a, it's a will of God for that to be removed, for fear to go. Guys, you guys ready? All right, you guys ready? All right, all right, get after it. I know there was a teaching years ago that we could personally tell this angel. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that we have a certain angel in heaven and we can tell them, hey, I need you to go. I don't, I don't believe that. But what I do believe biblically is we can activate the angelic realm by us declaring God's word. And then God makes a decision how he sends angels, watch this, to cooperate with the fulfillment of his word. How many are grateful that we have the word of God? How many are grateful that we've got, come on, how many are grateful that we, we're on the winning side? So I'll say this in conclusion. We, we don't have to live beat up, torn up. We don't have to live sleepless nights. Let me tell you something. I want everybody to hear me. We've got the word of God. We've got the name of Jesus. We've got the blood of Christ. We've got the power of the whole. Yes, there's an enemy, but he has no authority over a Christian who understands who they are in Christ. And now we've learned today, as we declare the word of God, as we speak the word of God, it releases the angelic realm. And they, they move into the circumstance. Doors, listen, that God do not, that, that doesn't want you to walk, those doors close. Doors that need to be opened, God opens up. But he uses his angelic forces. 
I am so grateful that God has not left us as orphans. He's given us his spirit. And I'm so grateful that angels are warring on my behalf. I want to say this to all of you that are joining us at every location. I know that there's a lot of information I'm giving. Maybe you've never even heard some of this. Man, I, maybe you've even tuned in on our TV program or watching online. And, and the first step to being spiritually aware is giving your heart to Christ. So my question is, do you know Jesus? Do you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I pray with you? In just a moment, I'm just going to ask for a, for a show of hands. You say, Pastor, you pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. And I'm going to pray with you. If you say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you, say, Pastor, I need Christ. Just lift up your hand to the counter. Would you do that one two, three, just quickly. Just anybody online, just let your host know that right now. The Holy Spirit, I believe God is moving in people's lives. And I want us to pray together. Church, let's pray with every single person that's watching right now. Can we do that? Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say this, say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Now let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Can we do that? Man, what an amazing message. And we don't want to just rush through this moment without acknowledging those of you that are making the decision today to give your lives to Jesus. Man, it's so exciting. And we believe that this is the best decision you could ever make. And we're so excited to celebrate with you as your church family as you begin this brand new journey of following Jesus. And the great news is you don't have to do this alone. We as your church family want to come alongside you as you begin this new journey. So if you're making that decision, please let us know by clicking the link in the chat room or text the word decision to the number 822-822 and we would love to follow up with you. Hey, did God speak something to you today during service? Or do you have something that you would really love someone to partner with you in prayer for? Either way, let our hosts know in the chat right now. We would love the opportunity to connect with you today before we end our time together. But with that, we are gonna go ahead and wrap up service. Listen, we can't wait to see you next week, same time, same place. We love you guys. Have an amazing week.